Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to the Equip podcast brought to you by Arise Ministries. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder of Arise, joined by Kim Heineke, the Arise Ministries Director of Operations. In today's episode, we want to talk about how to be patient with our kids when we feel like we're losing it. Sound familiar? If you're a mom, then you would agree that beside that word mother in Webster's Dictionary should be the definition, a woman with children who exercises tolerance and wisdom in her mothering skills. But often, our version reads, a woman with children who lashes out and, re- and releases stirred-up emotions. So with that in mind today, we want to talk about what having patience looks like in our home, why it's so hard at times, and hopefully walk away with a few takeaways to use next time we're about ready to become (laughs) totally unglued. So Kim, I'm just going to turn to you first, my friend, because uh, you have lots of experience in this, I'm sure, in your household of four boys. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of opportunities to to lose it. Unglued. But you know what? At this point, talking about the talk topic of patience i just have to ask you are you laughing or crying right now thinking about the topic <laughs> well maybe a little bit of both okay um i have quite a spread of boys i have two older sons and i have spent the last 21 years trying not to lose it with them and then i have two little boys and so there's some perspective there that maybe i don't lose it as fast as i used to but i still have a long way to go so i suppose mostly crying sure <laughs> Well, on the other hand, I have I, uh, raised two children as single moms, and, and I remember the days of the difficulty when you have so much on your plate and you just you just can't take it all. And so I look back at my experience, and hopefully I exercised wisdom in not becoming unglued. I'm sure I lost it, lost it a couple times, but looking back, I have a lot more wisdom, and I guess that's why we're doing the podcast mm-hmm. today, so mm-hmm. we can pass it on to you in your journey as a single mom. So I guess we're just going to get real here, and just the first question might be just, Kim, I mean, on impatience, what really sets you off? I mean, what is it that sets you off and causes you to be impatient? There's a couple of different things, and, and it has to do with my younger kids who are 10 and 7. What sets me off with them is not following directions i really don't know how many times a day i can say go brush your teeth (laughs) i just want those things to happen i want like make your bed in the morning is kind of a blanket statement i want that to happen every morning so when my little boys don't follow directions that can cause me to lose my patience really really quick with my older kids it's when they don't take my advice or they want to negotiate something that's different than not following directions there's a constant they're young adults, and so when they don't see things my way, I can become a little bit offended or just think, oh, what are they thinking? And that can kind of set me off, and I can be edgy with them. So sure. it looks a little bit different in seasons of life. It does. It does indeed. And I just want to say to the single mom listening who your children already raised and gone, you have a new a new life, a new perspective, because now you have grown married children that maybe aren't doing the things that you think they should do and if you let yourself you would become unglued in what you see or what they say and for you it's an exercise of wisdom in knowing (laughs) when to be quiet Mm. it's it's an exercise in understanding this is their life now they are on their journey and we are no longer their teacher Uh, we have been removed from that in so many ways and so I think for me uh trying to keep myself becoming unglued is more an exercise of 
knowing when to just keep my mouth shut and not say anything. So, but can uh, we just be honest? If they would take our advice, <laughs> oh, it, life would be so great. Life would be so easy for them. <laughs> I'm just like, why won't you listen? I've already been through so much, and you could glean from so much of my wisdom. But you know, this is what's cool about talking today about this because we have moms listening from different seasons in life, and mm-hmm. we certainly hope we cover your season. If not, let us know and. We'll do another podcast and cover what's really bugging you today. What's really bugging you today? <laughs> so, actually, as we think about what sets us off, what is the answer? I mean, we know that God's word says a lot about us controlling our emotions. I mean, one verse in particular that comes to mind is Proverbs seventeen. It talks about and this is really going to hurt. <laughs> talks about staying cool in the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. It says, "Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, but he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding." But the question for me and for us we're thinking today but how do we experience that cool spirit and restrain our Mm -hmm. words when we're agitated in the frustration of the moment so I guess you know maybe one of the first things we need to talk about Kim is to examine ourselves right and to say why am I impatient I mean go about two layers deep and examine what's underneath that impatience or what's a roadblock that maybe we need to address to see what's underneath it so Kim uh, when you're a most when are you most likely to be agitated or sure? What's what's the deal? What's what's going on inside of you? Yeah, that's pretty easy for me. I tend to take on more things than I can really get done on the calendar. So when I have too many things that that need my attention, then whenever my children do something that kind of rubs me the wrong way, I tend to be agitated quicker than I might if I if I just had a little bit more time margin. If I'm tired, then then I'm over and I'm overwhelmed. If, if I'm tired and overwhelmed, those two things together, it's really unfair to my kids because they're really most of the time they're not doing anything different than they would if my calendar were free. It's right. just that my attention is very divided and I've not left enough time for the things that are really important. For sure, me. sure. Well, I think for me, um, what maybe caused my emotions to become unglued, though hopefully my kids don't see it at this point because they're married and they have their own families and I want to be a source of wisdom and comfort for them and uh, for them to come to me for those reasons. So I deal with my um, feelings of coming unglued uh, away from them. But for me, it usually it deals with... Uh, I don't know if it's unrealistic expectations or expectations that I was hoping would be different, mm-hmm. hoping they would react differently, hoping they would do this or that, hoping they wouldn't choose this or that, um, seeing that the choices they might make on down the road are going to hurt them. Of course, I'm the mama bear. I don't want them to get hurt in any way, especially if it affects my grandchildren. So it might be uh, an unrealistic expectation, or it may just be a pain in my heart that that I see uh, where this could lead them mm-hmm. and it's just it's really difficult in that way as well so but there's other reasons that that people might that you might be experiencing loss of patience I think one of them is maybe you're just tired as a single mom mm-hmm. you're just I mean you're just tired you're not getting enough rest you're not eating right you're not able to exercise hello you're carrying on a million things and Kim don't you think sometimes we we underestimate the the force that that fatigue Mm -hmm. has on our emotional and physical well-being I do think so and I remember the days when I was a single mother I my house was maybe not as tidy as I would have liked it to be and there was always a pile of laundry in the living room and there were days that I thought oh I've got to get all these things done and I would just wear myself out because I was working full-time I would grocery shop at lunch you know so that I could make more use of my time and you came home to all of these chores but there was 
a friend that even said to me, it really doesn't matter. Like, let your kids help you fold laundry or let them help you do certain things, you know, to try to clear some things off the schedule. And then learning to make myself go to bed and not lay in bed at night and watch TV or something like that, but trying to push myself to get good sleep so that I was mentally more present for them and not exhausted. But but single moms do face different challenges. You feel like you have to do everything. And really, so much of it you do have to do. Sure. But you don't have to do all of it every single day. Sure. As we're talking about fatigue, I, I've i discovered and I read it um, on the internet just about um, how to cool down in the evening before you go to bed. And it mentioned that uh, 80% of our stimulation before we come go to bed is caused by us being on our phones and mm-hmm. caused by being on the internet and caused with trying to keep up with everybody that it stimulates rather than decreases our, I guess, our endorphins to just relax and prepare us for sleep. So that's just kind of a wake-up call. Sometimes I find myself doing that, mm-hmm. and then I wake up and I can't go to sleep. And I'm like, well, hello, you have been searching the internet or you've been Facebooking it or doing something. And Thinking so, that you're relaxing. Thinking I'm relaxing when I'm actually feeding myself mm-hmm. uh things to stay awake I don't know I just, that just came to my mind but one thing that might be underneath our our losing our patience if we just really get down as single moms is displaced anger that we cannot solve it we cannot mm-hmm. fix it uh, what has happened to us was not fair or we say what if or we can't fix a release or, or fix what was done and so there's unresolved anger I know when I was a single mom and I went to my counselor um I remember I sat down. He says, well, Pam, you have unresolved emotions. I was like, what What are the – I was so numb. <laughs> I didn't even know what emotions were. Unresolved, misplaced, displaced mm-hmm. uh, emotions. And one of them was displaced anger. I was angry. And so, so that comes off on your children when you just – it's off the cuff almost where – you know, you, you respond, you don't respond well to the crisis of the moment. So maybe you have some displaced anger. Well, yeah, and I want to say something about that. I remember, I remember that my mom, uh, she was a single mother, and she really never said anything ugly about my dad. She's very, very careful about that. But in the very few times that she made a comment that compared me to something, maybe a negative trait, that he had, not not in anger, but she would make a comment, and I could tell that those are the times that she would lose patience with me. Mm-hmm. And I know even in my own children, and maybe for those of you that are listening that are single mothers, that maybe don't have a great relationship with your child's father mm-hmm. because of, of pain sure. or something that may have happened. But often we lose patience with our children when we see a negative trait in them that could remind us of somebody else, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Sure. I can see my boys doing something, and I think to myself, I know what this looks like at 15, and I also know what that looks like at age 40, and sure. I don't like it. And so it triggers, for me, a little bit more impatience, a little bit more agitation than maybe it should, sure. just because of what you're saying, some misplaced emotion. So I would just caution you that those things that really trip your trigger with your kids, make sure that you're not projecting you know, what you know of, of somebody in a negative sense onto your children. If that Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that, that's an excellent point because I think we could all be guilty in doing that one way or another. And then the final way I want to mention I'm just thinking about is just stress. Mm-hmm. Just stress that we can't handle it. And that's just where we get into the next portion I want to talk about is so, so how do we handle 
this becoming unglued? Where do we turn? What's the real key to that? Which is a great lead into my next point. But, you know, it's important that uh, to know that we aren't sowing seeds of anger in our kids when we lose it simply because we might not have readied ourselves for the day and raising them. We need to be ready. But I know that if God's word lists one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience, then God knows he's able to enable us to exercise it. I mean, that's one of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, that he wouldn't list it if we weren't able to have it. So I guess I want to spend the rest of this podcast, Kim, talking about um, what are some things that we can do to help us in the moment, since God said we can have patience, how do we get there? So you go, just tell me, how do we start? This is another podcast in itself, but how do we start in getting that patience? Well, unfortunately, you cannot learn patience until you're in a situation that requires it. You can't just say, oh, I have patience when it's never, when you've never been faced with a situation that requires it. That's, it's not possible. So when difficult things come up, you have to rely on what you know is true and behave in according to that if that makes any sense. Like I know when things come up that with my kids in particular, when I'm with my teenagers, when I'm super mad or super frustrated by something they've done or said or any number of things, I've learned that I just need to take a little bit of time. And I'll even say to them, I'm really so frustrated and so without words right now, I just need to take a little time out so I can have some so I can be objective about this. Sure. So I can remove some emotion from it. You can't always do that with a five-year-old. But in general, it's okay to say to a seven-year-old, mom's real um, upset right now. And I'm just going to take a little time out and think. And I'm going to go pray. And I have learned, it sounds like a Sunday school answer, but I really have learned to remove myself from it and go be alone and pray that the Father would show me what to do next. Because what I want to do is take somebody's keys away or, you know, like, do something crazy mm-hmm. right you know let those emotions go girl. i just yeah i just want to <laughs> i just want to act out in my own flesh but that's not how we model god's love to them and sure well i think what you're saying is um we just need to give ourselves space just tell mm-hmm. your kids i need some space and i have to say this because i um i know my daughter has done that with with her son which is my grandchild that she'll say i just need some space mm-hmm. i just need some space and so so Max is over at my house the other day, four years old, <laughs> and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Max, come here, let's do that. And he looks at me, he says, Grammy, I need some space. And I'm like, four years old? Seriously? What do you know about space? You know what I'm saying? You have every, you have popsicles, you have you have pop tarts, M and M's. What do you mean you need space? But they, you know, it was a good point to see that our children do model what we say and understand that concept Mm -hmm. concept that i just need some space to cool down to collect my thoughts and so and scripture teaches us that yes be quick to listen slow to anger you know like we we don't we don't have to react we can respond and that may just mean take a minute and just and breathe and breathe and just Mm -hmm. breathe you know something else we might might be good for us to know when we know we're coming unglued and we just and first of all, we need to ask the Spirit that moment to mm-hmm. intercede for us. It's nothing we can do on our own. We have to ask the Holy Spirit of God within us to show us what to do and to temper us. That's the first thing, is to ask Him at the beginning of the day to, to be in me and to tell me when to talk or not talk, which is my next point, that uh, one way we can help ourselves in the moment is just limit our words. I mean, children right. really appreciate our epic speeches or our angry sermonettes. They just don't go very far. That the less we can say sometimes when we're coming unglued, the better. 
You're and right. to just to watch out and limit those words. A wordy parent is um, setting up a, a scenario for a child to sit down. So that's kind of hard to do, but through the power of the Spirit, we can do that. Yeah, I think it's good because even taking that little time out, I mean, sometimes with younger kids, my little need some space, as you call it, mm-hmm. is 10 minutes, five minutes. With my older son, it's been as much as a week before, before I'm ready wow. to circle back around and talk about a very difficult thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. And and in that time, they're learning a little bit of patience. They're learning a little bit of healthy respect and fear of their Yeah, I'm like, what's coming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, but um, but but I think that's good. And when you talk about limiting our words, sometimes I think you just can't take you just can't take everything so serious. Mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of moms in a grocery store, for example, and their kids are throwing a crazy fit. And I have been that mom where I am freaking out because mm-hmm. my kid is throwing a fit and embarrassing me in front of everybody, and I don't know what to do. And I'm, you know, and you're being a horrible mother in public. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and then and then, but now, kind of at my age. If somebody wants to throw a fit, you know, I'm, I just don't use too many words and I don't take it too serious. And I don't take myself too serious. I don't take it personal. You just kind of deal with it and, and go on. You really do just learn to breathe and just recognize this is just part of life. Yes. You know, like we're, we're sinners parenting sinners. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you recognize that in your kid and you try to think, okay, how can I come about this in a way that is that they can see it? You know, how can I model God's love in this really difficult situation instead of just sure that's a reaching for a spoon yes that's a great point too you know something I read the other day about um, what to do in the moment and this gal had said teach with a cookie in hand and what she meant by I like that the idea of that was uh, look for opportune moments you know to 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 um, to share what you're unglued about or look for opportune moments be proactive in ways to to take care of those moments and it's it's almost like being able to cast a vision in their hearts and to be able to once you and un, once you see that you become unglued to say what could I have done differently mm-hmm. or even to share with your child what could you do differently next time you want to come unglued mm-hmm. so that's a, a good point and I know Kim you're really good with your children and being able to cast that vision about mm-hmm. what could we have done differently and to exert, examine those options because there are options for them and us. Yeah I like that and if you think about it when you're upset you don't really want somebody lecturing you on how you could have done it better. I mean like I really don't want to hear it if I've done something wrong at the time in the heat of the moment so I have learned to go back to my kids when it's over and say hey you know, you remember that thing that happened yesterday and you and I kind of had a little scuttle? Let's talk about that. Here's what I was really frustrated by. What were you really frustrated about? And then we can kind of talk about it. And defenses are down and it's not, um, he hears me and I hear his heart. You know, we're able to kind of work it out. And then I, I can even say, the next time I ask you to whatever, fill in the blank, here's what I want you to do. I understand you might want to do other things, but to really talk it out in a in a non-threatening situation where nobody's mad mm-hmm. sets it up better for the next time then the next time when it happens you can say now bud before you get all wound up think about what we talked about last time i know you're upset it's okay to be mad it's okay to be upset but this is what we talked about i need you to follow through with it mm-hmm. and just kind of bring that to mind of we've already made a plan for this we know that life is going to unravel I know my kids are going to get upset. I know they're going to be disobedient. But we've already made a plan for how we're going to proceed, both of us together. Sure. <clears throat> you talked about a plan, and um, 
uh, having a plan is is so important because many times frustration comes out of not having a plan. And when we've planned how we're going to respond, then somehow we're able to follow the plan when it comes about. I think when we fail to plan, we plan to fail. Mm -hmm. And so we have to, for ourselves as moms, have a plan in mind of how we're going to respond the next time that happens. You know, something else that is important in how we can just relax a little bit is you said talk to them, but but it's also touch is very important um, if it's appropriate, if the child will receive it. The mm-hmm. power of touch is so, speaks a thousand words in itself. It expresses a love that that words don't even have. If you're able to touch your child on the shoulder, say, no. Nah, this is what we could have done differently mm-hmm. or to be able to lace this these words of wisdom with a physical touch because mm-hmm. I love to think when I've disobeyed God or I've been impatient or I've come unglued and I come before the Father and I sit before him I need to feel his touch Kim and so this is this is crazy but sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I will be kneeling like I'm I'm sitting at the at the feet of my earthly father that loves me my heavenly parent and just talking about how awful I was to come unglued and I just need to be assured that I'm okay and I will put my hand on the back of my shoulder and envision it being God's hand patting me saying it's okay Mm -hmm. and I I just release I just release into his arms going there's affection here there's closeness there's there's understanding so you know there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong pat yourself on the back just close (laughs) your eyes be still before God and pat yourself on the back because that really is what he's doing to us when we mess up you know I want to encourage you too as we look at becoming unglued that give yourself some grace to to mess up um the enemy would have us feel like failures as mothers and we can't do this right and we're not enough as a single mother Mm -hmm. you are all your child needs you are you are all your need you your child needs because the bible says his grace is sufficient so you are enough and give yourself wouldn't you say kim mm-hmm. give yourself space to forgive yourself and go on yeah and and a lot of times though when we lose it when i've lost it with my kids and i've been very impatient and maybe behaved in a way that just it that's not who i want them to see as a mom i've had to go in there to them and say listen the way I just responded to you was was not okay. And I'm you are important to me and I love you and I don't want to behave that way. You know, like I've had to go and apologize to my kids and model for them what it looks like to say, I was wrong, will you forgive me for losing my patience? Sure. It doesn't excuse what they did, but just because they did something naughty that upset me does not give me the right to retaliate with angry words and with uh, just a harsh spirit toward them. Sure. And that's independent of consequences, like that is still going to happen. Sure. But I don't have to be mean about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, you do have to give yourself some grace, but it's a beautiful opportunity to go and apologize to your children and to say to them, hey, I'm still learning too, and will you forgive me? That that models for them what it looks like to be a grown-up mm-hmm. and ask for forgiveness and to, to heal relationships. Sure. A lot of parents won't do that because they think that it makes them look weak. weak. Uh-huh. And they think, well, then my kid's going to think they won. But I, I have learned in the long run, my children have learned that I can trust my mom. If she's wrong, she's going to come and tell me she's wrong. And if sure. she doesn't come tell me she's wrong, then maybe I'm wrong. Sure. That you builds know. security in them yeah, as does. well. Yeah, it does. It does. And you know the last thing before we close this podcast, if we cannot we cannot 
underestimate or overestimate really the value of scripture that we need to know as moms that when we speak scripture when we use scripture that relates to whatever behavior we have had uh, we, we need to know it's powerful it's active and that our words and what we say in our children will not return void mm-hmm. they are powerful when we speak scripture i'm reminded of hebrews four twelve that says so shall my words be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. That our words, when they're spoken through Scripture, do not return void. And I think that's a, an encouragement for all of us as we as we move forward in learning how to be patient with our kids. Kim, do you have any last thing you'd like to share? Or are we pretty much wrapped up this topic? Any last well, thing that you might want to mention? Yeah, maybe just a couple of things. Um, I would say if you feel like you really struggle with losing your patience with your kids, I would say ask for help. It's okay to to seek out wise counsel, um, even a counselor that can help you work through some of that and give you some strategies for dealing with, with children and your, your anger. I think that's very valuable. I've been to a counselor before when yes. I had situations that I just thought, I just don't know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. And to have someone who's really trained to kind of help you walk through some emotions and you know, kind of sort through those, it might be really helpful. So don't don't ever feel like, well, I just need to be a better mom. I just need to not yell or whatever it might be. But it's okay to ask for help and to really learn some some good skills to deal with your kids. And just what you said about scripture in touch actually makes me think of a time when my, um, well, he's almost 19 now, but when he was like three and four, he was just the sparkiest little sparkity spark you could have as a kid and he would get really really wound up and there were days and I was a single mother that I would sit on the sofa and this almost physically restrain him like had him on my lap and I would just stroke his hair and I would just pray like every scripture I knew after a while they didn't even pertain to the kid but it didn't matter I'm just like (laughs) saying God's word out loud just to keep my mind focused and you can't help but calm down when you are praying and when you are speaking God's word out loud over a child in the name of Jesus, you cannot help but calm down and it would diffuse the situation. And after a while, sometimes he would fall asleep in my arms, you know, or whatever it might be, but your comment about physical touch and prayer. I mean, there, there, there is nothing that stands up to God's word. Yes. Nothing that stands up against it. So if you don't do anything other than quote scripture that, you know, you're just inviting God to do his work sure. there with your kid. And I love that. I love that. Well, friends, I hope today's words have given you a few new ideas and how to better prepare yourself and exercising patience when you're about to lose it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to parent under the control. Um, it's, it's hard to parent when you're not under the control of the spirit. But if God has commanded us to do it, then he's also given us a way to accomplish that. And I know that this mothering thing is not about perfection, though sometimes we feel like it is, but it's more about being mindful of God as our helper as we try to stay on the right course. I want to leave you today with this last thought. First of all, it's not easy being a single mom, is it? But you are not without a helper in your journey. God has given you and me the Holy Spirit in us who waits for us to turn to him in time of need when we're about ready to totally blow up. Never are we without assistance, really, when we call upon him. In fact, when we are most helpless, (laughs) he is most helpful. This week's challenge would be this, is to let Jesus be patient in you. Being patient in the heat of things is hard to do, and it feels kind of bitter at first, but it is a fruit in our kids that will be lasting and sweet. 
So if you've enjoyed our podcast today, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it on social media. And also be sure to let us hear from you at Arise at info at ariseministries.net with an idea of future podcasts that you'd like to hear. Or feel free to visit our website at www.ariseministries.net. There you'll see videos and articles and podcasts and Bible studies specifically for single moms, lots of tools for navigating real life. So thank you for coming alongside today with us. We hope you'll enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.